This is Magdmania, a Pesach special here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where we are once again going to jump back into the Haggadah to gain some incredible, mind-blowing perspective on the Haggadah that we read every single year. And you could consider this shir a sequel to the Pesach panorama shir that we offered last year, which I've reposted since its original recording, at least on the database podcast WhatsApp group, which you can join if you reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data than base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Also the same place if you want to partner up with us and give any kind of sponsorship or you just have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make any recommendations for sheer topics and other um, such possibilities. But in the meantime, Last time when we met to discuss the Haggadah for Pesach Panorama, that was the no-nonsense Haggadah guide, where I gave you what is what in the Haggadah, and more importantly, why is why in the Haggadah. We tried to connect all of the dots from the beginning of the Seder all the way till the end, explaining why we do the things that we do, and walking you through each part of the Haggadah, because the Haggadah is a, is a, is a book that you could easily get lost in. It's not always so clear in the Haggadah why each part is there and you have to really think about it and you have to survey a lot of the Mepharshim to try to understand why each part is where it is. But right now we're going to gain a new perspective as we look back particularly at Magid because Magid we know is the main part of the Haggadah. In fact it is the part after which the Haggadah is named. We know based on the Pasuk, Vihigata to Levincha, you have to tell it over, relay it to your children. And um, the, the Lashon of Haggadah comes from the Lashon of Magid, all the Lashonos of speaking, telling over, and relating. And that obviously makes Magid of paramount importance on Seder night. And it is, the, it is, the, it is really, it's, it's the... The focal point of Seder night. It is the the guide for Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim. Now, one of the things that we spoke about, at least in Pesach Panorama, was once again the play-by-play of Magid, of how each thing leads into the next. And a big, a big point that we made in Pesach Panorama is that much of Magid is not actually the Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim itself, but it is sort of a parent's guide or a teacher's guide to that process. It gives many instructions about how to do it. We have the minhag of reciting the entire Haggadah, and that's, that's a minhag that we keep dear. You know, you should try to read all the words, even though we should perhaps prioritize the parts that are actually discussing the Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. But what I'm here to give you in this particular shir is a new perspective, not to necessarily the contrary of what we suggested in the past, because I still stand by the no-nonsense Haggadah guide that we gave last year in Pesach Panorama, but this year, uh, a friend of mine shared with me an incredible shir from Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Ramon, and this shir suggests a new possibility, a new theory, which gives us, once again, new perspective to the Haggadah, and it's it, it's really it's the it's the kind of thing that really makes you think. And I'm going to give you a summarized version of that shear, though I will give the link to the longer shear because you should definitely listen and watch the longer shear, which is just available now on 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 YouTube. So you could definitely see the entire thing in its glory. But I will give you bits of it so that you can at least appreciate um, once again the summary and perhaps the uh, the schematic, the blueprint 
for the shear, because what the shear really does is it gives a blueprint to the Haggadah. The shear um, is titled The Structure of the Haggadah, but like, I, I, think it's, uh, I, you know, I don't even think that the, the title of that shear does it justice. What it really does is it breaks down Magid in a way that you've never thought of it before, and again, not, not necessarily to the exclusion of what I suggested um, last year of how I um, connected the dots in Magid. I still think what I said last year was MS, and you should definitely go back and listen to Pesach Panorama if you haven't yet. So maybe I'll put the link to that um, with uh, the audio for this one as well. But we're going to see another, another layer of understanding to the way Magid was broken up, at least the way Magid appears in our Haggadahs. So the general idea, once again, was the way I explained Magid, was that much of Magid is instructions. So think about how we have, for example, the, the, the Manishtana, which are sample questions, and then we go into Avadim Hayinu, and then by the time we get to the end of Avadim Hayinu, which we, we, we classically think of as the response to the Manishtana, and it is, and the Mishnah Bura brings this down, which is why children shouldn't go to sleep until after they hear Avadim Hayinu at the very least, all right, they shouldn't just say Manishtana and then go off to bed you know, with, you know, with, their, with their victory lap because they made it through the Manishtana. They should actually stay up and listen for the answer. But when you get to the end of Avadimah, you know, it's very clear that the Haggadah is now giving instructions. It says, oh, even if we were all Chachamim, Nevonim, and, and Kulaniyodin, Esatora, if we know all these things, we still have to, um, to relate the, the Sipur of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And it's apparently telling us that as instructions. And it's and it's it's laying out upon whom um, do we find this 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 commandment this mitzvah this obligation, and then from there the Haggadah continues to give instructions. For example, by illustrating with a story with the Maisa Brebeliezer and all of the other Talmidei Chachamim who are with him, and there the Haggadah. Um, seemingly digresses to tell us this story, but by the time you get to the end, you understand why the story is being told. It's so that we can understand through the illustration that these Tamidei Chachamim, who clearly knew the story, and some um, have argued that maybe there were various reasons why they might have been exempt from from Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, because right? if, if it's all about knowing the story, just, just the Pashib Shah, if it's all about knowing the story, okay, they know the story, and they'll tell the next generation too. Why do they need to, uh, to speak about it? But apparently the obligation is on everybody. It's not about the intellectual um, exercise, but it's about the 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 relation, um, literally the communication of this, uh, of, you know, of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And then... And then the and then the Haggadah continues talking about um, the mitzvah of Zechir Yitzias Mitzrayim, Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim, and then it goes into the four sons and so on and so forth. The four sons for the, you know that that whole Indian is, is is explaining again, giving instructions and directions of how to address your own children when you're giving over the story. So again, a lot of the Haggadah, a lot of Magid itself, is really just instructions. Now that's how I presented it last year, and again, I will I will stand by that presentation. But what Rav Yosef Tzvi Ramon challenges us to consider is how many different Haggadahs we are actually reading on Seder night. When we read our Haggadah, when we read our Magid, so is it really just one Haggadah? Is it one Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Is it really one Magid? Or is it perhaps a combination of a few?
You see, because the challenge with the Haggadah, as I've originally presented it, is that, hey, why in fact are there so many different instructions within, the, within this manual? And well, why does there seem to be more instruction than actual sepur? And when you get to the sepur, that seems to be the, like, you know, one of the less famous parts. The sepur, the main sepur, we would argue, is Arami Oviravi, where we're darshaning the Psukim. This seems to be the, the text that was designated by the Anshik Nessus Hagadola for us to study and to use as our text for Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And um, in Pesach Panorama, we explained why this would be the text of choice. The Rambam brings down that we need to read this text. But the question is, you know, we know why, why there is so much instruction and there is very little subject matter, or at least relatively little subject matter. More of Magid seems to be instruction than actual Sipur. And there, there, there are sprinkles of Sipur, you know, in Avadim Hayinu, for example, but at the end of Avadim Hayinu, it seems to be like an instruction manual. And if you think about the poor children, how are the poor children supposed to get through the actual Sipur if the whole Sipur is really Arami Oviravi, which for most people, and you know, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I felt this way most of my life. I would say that right now I don't feel this way. But there was a time where I felt this way, and still many people do, that Arami Oviravi, the Sipur, at least the text as it appears in our Haggadah, is the least exciting part. So, the poor children who were supposed to be keeping awake and keeping engaged, most of them, they don't survive through Arami Ovidavi. Or not in, I don't mean that literally. They, they, they live through it, but they, it's, it's a hard part. And I still remember speaking to you know, relatives of mine, younger relatives like nephews, who can tell me that, yes, the Pesach night, the Seder is so exciting, and it's also like boring. I've, I've heard both descriptions from one person. The Seder's exciting, it's also boring. So which parts are they talking about? Well, the exciting parts are the exciting parts, and the boring parts are the boring parts. So which parts are the boring parts? Oh yeah, the parts where we're waiting to eat so long. Right? My own students, um, you know, I, I asked them to ask me all of their Pesach questions, and the most popular question is, why does it take so long before we get to eat? Because, oh, I'll tell you why, that Magid thing, that Magid thing is really long. Okay, well... What's supposed to be happening there? Oh, the main, just the main part of the Seder. So a lot of it is instruction. And then by the time we actually get to the Sipur, right, the, the Manashtana they're good at, Avadimha, you know, the songs they can do. And then the actual Sipur, you know, it's like the, the, it seems to be lost. So the question is, what if Arami Avi wasn't actually necessarily meant for the little kids? I said, so who was it meant for? It's, it's, it's the Sipur, isn't it? So what if there's more than one Sipur on purpose? In fact, what, once again, if there is more than one Haggadah that's actually ta- you know, that, that, we're, that we're actually reading? And we have it as one book. There was a, someone who compiled the Haggadah once upon a time. But what if the Haggadah, as we have it, is actually a composite, it's a combination, it's a splicing, perhaps, of many different Haggadahs? And how would you know, where would you draw the lines between these different Haggadahs? So, the way Rabbi Yosef Tzirimon breaks it down, he says that there are four Haggados, there are actually four Haggados, and they each follow the same format, and you'll notice there is a pattern in the Haggadah. In Magid, there is a pattern where we start off with questions, and then we get to a Sipur, a telling of the story, and each set of questions, which is followed by a sipur, is also followed by a shevach to Hashem thanking us for what he had done for us in the sipur. 
And says Rav Yosef Tzviramon, this pattern repeats itself. So it starts once and then it repeats itself three more times, making a total of four different Haggados that we actually have within our own Magid. And what's really beautiful about this is not only is it going to give us this perspective into the Haggadah, but if you were one of those people that was bored during Magid, this you know this will be a way that you'll never you know you'll look at it this way and then you'll never look at it a different way again, or maybe on the contrary you'll continue to look at it in new ways that you'll continually be engaged by it. You won't be bored by Magid anymore, and this is because we're going to we're we're going to not only be able to know Magid by heart to know what's coming next, and we won't be counting the pages until we get to eat like all the kids are. But this will also help us in doing the Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim for ourselves and for our children. It'll help us, um, uh, you know, be able to, to sort of prioritize certain parts and not only prioritize certain parts, but know to whom each part of the Haggadah is speaking to. So what are the, different, the four different Haggadahs? So again, the format for each Haggadah is questions, answers in the form of Sipur, and then we have the Shavach that's given to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And once again, this takes place four times within Magid, as if we you know, didn't need enough number fours in the Haggadah, besides for the four questions of the Manashtana, besides for the four sons, the Arbabanim, besides for the four Kosos, the four Chelke HaSeder from Kadesh, Magid, um, and then, of course, Barech and Halel. So, yeah, we have four actual Haggadahs, four Magids that are taking place. So the first of the four Magids starts with the Manashtana. Those are the first four questions. After Halach Ma'anya, we've, we've set up the, you know, we've, in, we've introduced everyone, we've invited everyone, and we've, we've explained what the goal of the night is. Then we pour the second cup and the Magid begins. And it begins with the Manashtana. These are four questions that are asked. Right about the about the chametz and matzah and the maror and so on and so forth, and then what's that followed by? It's followed by avadim hayinu, which is a sipur, and then after avadim hayinu and after we get to the ma'aseh of Rabbi Eliezer, etc., etc., we get up to baruch hamakom. Now, classically, we're familiar with baruch hamakom as being the introduction to the arba banim. So, in this particular rendition, Rabbi Yosef does not see it as the intro to anything, but it is the, it's the climax, it's the conclusion of the Sipur, it's the Shevach to Hashem that follows the, 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 the Magid of Avadim Hayinu. And he points out that, look, notice that later in the Haggadah we're going to have Baruch Shomer Havtachaso Baruch Hu. It follows the same format as Baruch HaMakom Baruch Hu. Who are we blessing? We're blessing Hashem. Baruch HaMakom, blessed is the omnipresent, blessed is He. And then Baruch Shomer So blessed is he who kept his promise, his, his guarantee to us, Baruch Hu. So we're going to come back to Baruch Shomer because that's going to be the end of another Magid. But, the, but let's, 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 let's stop over here by the first Magid. We have the Manashtana, four questions, followed by Avadim Hayinu, which is the answer to the, the question that we know to be the question of the Chacham. But once again, classically, it's the answer to the Manashtana. The kids could actually go to sleep here because this is the end of the first Magid, at least one Magid that the children can endure. And, and they're finished. 
And then Baruch HaMakra and Baruch Hu. Blessed is Hashem for having given us the Torah. Right? Baruch Shanasan Lana Torah, we bless Hashem who has given us the Torah. This is the Shevach. Hashem took us through. You know, Havadim Hayinu, we were there, and now then, then Hashem redeemed us. And that's the minimum of the story. We, we, we've, we've told the story, even if only in a very short form, but we've told the story that the kids can understand it. It's the answer to, to the Manishtana. And now we bless Hashem for having given us the Torah. And this is, you know, this is the apex. Fine. That's the, that's the end of, of the first stage, the first Magid. Then we have another Magid. Right? And when we get to the next Magid, and this next Magid is another set of questions. Whose questions? These are the Arbabanim. We the Arbabanim, we have four different questions, and we, we've thought of this as a teacher's guide, a parent's guide to how you teach your kids, but this is also a new introduction of new questions. And not only is it questions, but it's four questions, just like we had in the Manishtana. We had four questions in the Manishtana, and now we have another four questions from each of the four sons. And then right after that, we have the little paragraph of Yachol Meir which is really, um, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an appendage to, um, and it's a tangent from the response to the Russia and the She'ene De Lashol. And then right after that, we have Baruch Shomer Havtachaso and Vihisha Amda, giving a Shavach to Hashem. Well, actually, sorry, no, that's not what we have next. The next thing that we have after that is Mitzchila Hayov Devodazara. Um, right? We say that originally our forefathers, they were of Devotazara. We talk about what happened in the time of Avraham and how it made it down to, to the, the, the Gullus. Um, and then we get to Baruch Shomer Avtachaso, that Hashem saved us in every generation. Right? So, what, so what, what's happening there? So we know from the Gemara that there's a famous machlokus between Rav and Shmuel. Where does the Sipur Yetzias Mitzrayim begin? Shmuel says it starts with the Havadim Ayinu. We did that Sipur already. We fulfilled the Haggadah according to Shmuel. But now, according to Rav, it's not just about the physical bondage, but it's about the spiritual bondage, right? So we come back to Rav, and the second Haggadah that we are fulfilling is the Haggadah of Rav. So we have the four sons, and they're four questions. So we ask four questions, and that introduces a new seaport. And apparently, the beginning of the answer to all of the four questions of the, of the, of the, of the sons is apparently also mitzchila of Zara. So that paragraph, which is, the, is, is where really the seaport should begin, according to Rav, this is what now, apparently, the, the Baal Haggadah is setting up his understanding of Rav's Haggadah, Rav's Magid, and we, so, you know, as we address our children, and maybe if, if you think about the Russia that we're addressing, we start off talking about spiritual bondage and how, you know, we didn't always deserve it. We weren't always in the most flattering place. But guess what? And how far we've made it. And Hashem made a havtacha to Avraham, and that havtacha to Avraham was what got us out. And, that, and so, therefore, that, 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 this havtacha is what we're thanking Hashem for. We give Hashem shavach in the form of that havtacha and v'hishamda, that Hashem is with us in every generation, starting from Avraham and all the way down to where we are today. And that's the end of another Magid, another, another Sipur. And then we get to Arami Ovedavi. Right, so we, in the past we've looked at v'hishamda as the intro to Arami Ovedavi, right, that Tzayol Mad Mabikesh Lavan. And the way of Yosef Tzirimon explains is that this begins the new the new seaport seaport number three? So we did we did Shmuel, and now, then, then we just did Rav, 
And now we go back to what we referred to earlier as the Anshe Knesset Hagadolas, um, you know, um, the, the, their, their Haggadah, their Magid, which they intended for us. And if, you know, if the, you know, you spoke to the child who was able to appreciate Avadim Hayinu and you were Yotze, great, but we're trying to be Marbella Saper. And we were, and we're, 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 we're being Mesaper on different levels. So then we get to Mitzchila and we explain another layer of our redemption, the spiritual redemption, where we came from. Maybe uh, you might think of it as a little bit of a, almost a, a philosophical redemption. But that is another layer of the, of the Haggadah that we, that, that we need. And then we get to the Anshei Knesset Hagadola, who apparently wanted us to see a Ramidavi, Avi, whether it's because of you know, the, you know, the, the Mikra Bikurim. For us, there's supposed to be this feeling of, of, of this elation, this jubilation, this giving thanks to Hashem. We do that in the form of story and in the form of this declaration of Mikra Bikurim, which is also giving thanks to Hashem for where, how far He's taken us over the generations. And says Rabbi Yosef Sviramon, the question that's being asked here, right, because every Sipur has to start with a question, the question is, Mabikesh Lavan. What, what did Lavan want to do to us? That's the question. Then we get to the Sipur. What is the Sipur? Sipur is all the text of Aram Yudavi and how we darshan it, plug back all the psukim from Shemos into the story of Aram Yudavi. And then we get to the Makos. And then, of course, we have Shevach. And the Shevach is in the form of Dayenu. Right, we, and we, we, we thank Hashem with the, with the beautiful Dayenu for all the things that Hashem has done. Thus we have question, Sipur, and then once again we have Shabbat to Hashem. And then finally we get to Haggadah number four. And Haggadah number four is Rabbi Gamliel and his three things. Right, so we got Shmuel down, we got Rav down, we have the Arami Ovid Avi, the text designated by the Anshik Nesach and then we have Rabbi Gamliel who says, you're actually not Yodse if you didn't do the Haggadah this way. And apparently another layer is not just to do a sepur of telling the story, but the story has to be spoken in, con- in context of the, the foods that we eat. The Pesach, the Matzah, and the Mar, you have to elaborate on these things. This, these things require their own sepur. Well, we mentioned in the past that the Zemachlokas, Rambam and Ramban, when Ramban says you're not Yotze, your obligation. What obligation are you not Yotze? So Rambam says you're not, you know, you're not Yotze, your obligation of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. You know, the, the whole Magid you didn't do right if you didn't elaborate on these three things. According to the Ramban, you're actually not Yotze, the Pesach, the Matzah, and the Maror. If you ate all three of these things, but you didn't elaborate on them, you're not Yotze, says the Ramban. But explains, Rabbi Yosef Tziramon, the way that this part of the Haggadah introduces the questions is Pesach al Shema. Right? Matzazu that we're eating now, al Shema. The Maror that we're eating now, al Shema. Why are we eating these things? What are they, what, what's the purpose? What, what, what the, the basis of their names? Why, why do we have a carbon Pesach? Why do we eat Matzah? Why do we eat Maror? So these are the questions, and each one has its own Sipur. So we have questions, we have Sipur, and then, of course, followed by a Shevach, that's where we get to the first half of Hallel. And the Shevach is part of the Sipur. So there you have it. We have four different Haggadahs taking place and different layers of telling the story, different ways of telling the story. Our Haggadah combines them all because apparently we're being Machmir for all of the opinions. And we're trying to not only be machmer for the opinions, but I would argue we're speaking in a certain sense to different audiences who could appreciate it in a different way. 
I was wondering if maybe you can connect each of these four Haggadahs to really the four sons that we mentioned earlier. Um, that, you know, maybe the, the, you can argue that the, uh, the, the Pesach, the Matzah, and the Mara, where we look at the objects and talk about them, you think about differentiated learning. Right? Different kinds of students, for example, need different kinds of learning. Some students are visual learners. And for the, for the visual learners, you have to actually hold the object up in front of them and get their attention. Maybe this is the Shaina de la Shol, who otherwise was not asking any questions, but now we start elaborating. We start, you know, maybe we're saying, hey, look at the Pesach Lamatz and the Mar, look at it, and we're going to talk about it now, because you're, you know, because you, you weren't engaged until now. Maybe, um, and, um, so maybe you could argue that Mitzchila of Devodazara, so maybe that whole paragraph maybe is a response to the Russia, you know, explaining a little bit to him about, you know, well, what our past was and why we're happy to be out of there. Maybe the, um, and maybe Arami Obedavi was meant for the Chacham, right? The Chacham was really engaged by the text, someone who won't fall asleep from the text, but someone who is really, um, who's really um, uh, intrinsically motivated can survive because he's darshaning with you. You know, the, 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 the Gemara style, the Talmudic learning, maybe you know, the, it's the Chacham who's cut out for that kind of limud. And uh, maybe Avadim Hayinu is for the simple child. He asked the Manashtana, we answer the Manashtana, he goes to sleep happy because he asked a, you know, a relatively simple question, received a relatively simple answer. But each one on their own level is able to get a certain flavor of Magid. And now it's much more easy to understand how, you know, like, you know, how we, how, you know, each part can speak to a different child, and you have to know where to emphasize for each child, hey, this is your part of the Haggadah, and we don't have to feel, you know, all that bad for the children who are not able to, you know, to remain at the table for Aramid Ovid Avi, because it's understandably difficult for them. And, and, and for, you know, for, for rebellion and teachers who are teaching the Haggadah, teaching Magid, it's invariably the hardest part to teach. And maybe that's okay. Maybe by design it's that way. Maybe Aramid Ovid Avi was speaking to a different child. Or, or maybe speaking to a different audience. And, you know, at your Seder, you have to figure out how to communicate each thing in the right way, figure out how to elaborate where elaboration is required, think about how to move along when moving along is required. But for you to understand the Haggadah, to know the give and take, and to understand the, the different parts, so it could be, uh, as, as, as I presented it in the past, which, again, I still stand by it, how you, you can connect the dots, uh, connect the dots, and see how each part of the Haggadah is a lead into the next, or perhaps another perspective: these four Haggadahs that are combined into one. Anyway, I was pretty excited by Abiyosef Sirimon's Shir, and I thought that it warranted a sequel to our Pesach Panorama. And um, I, th- I thank the individual who shared the share with me. His name is Chesky Blau, so thank you, Chesky. Um, and yeah, with this, you know, we, we should constantly be able to gain new perspective on the things that we do, especially um, on Seder night. And with that, I wish you a Chag Kasher V'Sameach. Thank you for joining us here at the database.